Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Welcome to Netflix and Swill, a show for show enthusiasts. I'm Caleb. And I'm Dan, and I'm here only for cancellation news and updates. And I am just in it for the bitches. That's nothing. You're married. You, you, you There are no bitches to get. Uh, and if, if there are bitches to get through podcasting, uh, please, if you are those, if you are those bitches, uh, please find a more successful line of work to gold dig off of. Well, you and Ashley met through podcasting. Also, I would say that my wife is a Netflix and Swill groupie because she has sex with one of the hosts. <laughs> yeah, <That's, laughs> that is factually correct. Uh, so how are you? How are you? How are, how are you now? Uh, good and you? I'm fine. Okay. I know. Yeah, I'm okay. Had a long weekend. Uh, binged all of the Sandman. I have thoughts. Yeah. I won't share them now or at all during this episode. But I just want everyone to know that I wa- I watched the the hot new Netflix original show. Yeah. As uh, as did I. I thought it was. Quite good. We're preparing a full episode on it. I'm probably going to watch it a second time. So, uh, I will be watching it a second time because someone has to hold my mom's hand while she watches it. <laughs> uh, possibly literally. Yes, it'll. It, because I, I made the joke that uh, I I will have to. I am watching it now, so that way when I watch it with my mom, uh, she'll ask me about three times to explain what's happening, and I'll do it. And then the fourth and through a millionth time, I will just tell her to watch the fucking show. But but Dan, you say he's he's a dream man. Well, uh, well how do I know when they're in the dream and when they're in reality? Why is uh, did Adam Sandler become my mom? Yeah, Adam Sandler voices your mom in this one. Hmm. That's fair. I don't know, mom. A, I don't know. Hypothetical mom question. He just is. You know, you just got to pay attention. I guess. But yeah, that's that was basically my week and weekend, so I, I don't have anything else to say, really. Well, all right. Neither do I. I had a good weekend. I, I relaxed and spent time with my family. Oh, good. Sorry, I'm reading ahead in the show notes, and I, and I see that Vanessa watched something that she shouldn't have watched. Yeah, I tried to get her to come on and talk about it, but basically her the the gist of it was that she shouldn't have watched it. Uh, we'll talk about the, that here in a minute. But first, uh, let's talk about what we're drinking in our time-honored traditional segmento. Uh, what's your swill? Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans! Stay away from the cans! So what's your swill? Uh, I'm still having my truly margarita-style hard seltzer. Uh, this week, I've got strawberry hibiscus flavor. Hibiscus, Correct. more like 
Goodbye, Biscuits. It's, a, it's actually pronounced hibiscus. More like goodbye, Biscuits. More like give it another try, Biscuits. More like uh, this joke that was never funny will eventually be funny uh, in a million years. This is like Zoomer humor. No, dude, you, you've been off Facebook too long to think this is Zoomer humor. This is advanced for that even it's then. It's like a picture of a strawberry holding a gun saying, uh, give me all of your money. This is a strawberry. Oh, man. Uh, I'm having a vodka tonic. It's my regular vodka tonic. Uh, I, it's not special. I So I'm leaving in a couple days. By the time this episode's out, uh, I will have to work one more day and then I'll be off. So I'm one of those crazy people that wants his fridge cleaned out by the time he's leaving. So there's nothing that will potentially expire in the fridge while I'm gone. And Ashley will not be here for three days. So in particular, I want to make sure there is no perishable food in my fridge. <laughs> so I uh, am just, uh, so I haven't bought anything new. So like, I didn't go out and buy the truly margarita mix. Like I, I was going to, if this was a regular episode, uh, or like if I wasn't leaving right, like right after all this shit. So like, yeah, I'm just drinking normal stuff. I have a fucking rotisserie chicken that I just got and just have been throwing like half a pound of fucking chicken on all my wraps because I just want to get the chicken out of my fridge before I leave. I don't have a problem. You all have a problem. Okay. So with that, let's get into the news. Oh, shit, it's mail time. All right, first up this week, uh, First Kill has been canceled after one season. Uh, I think you have more insight on how this was charting and stuff, but I don't know. I thought the trailer looked interesting. And then it kind of came and went, and I didn't realize that it had actually hit Netflix. So, well, that's part of the problem that people are having with the release of it because it released on June 10th, which is in between Stranger Things Part 1, Stranger Things Part 2, and also Umbrella Academy a couple weeks uh, like uh, after it. So it got put in this sandwich that was a very bad sandwich for it to be put in because it just kind of just got lost in all the other flavors that Netflix was offering at that time. Numbers-wise, this actually didn't do very well. I know people were like, oh, this did great. And it's like, what numbers are you looking at where this did great? Because I keep track of these numbers. I keep track of the, like, the viewing numbers, and then I use runtime to do a weighted average. And uh, It's one of the worst-performing genre series of 2022 for a first season. Like, um, All of Us Are Dead, Vikings Valhalla, Archive 81, and Resident Evil all did better like by a significant margin. And people are comparing it a lot to this other show called Heartstopper, which we talked about. Uh, I think it was around the same time. But the reason why they compare the two shows is fairly surface level, in my opinion, because one features uh, two white gay boys. But and then the other one features a dark skinned black girl and uh, a white girl who are lesbians. So like if you if you take the surface level stuff of what like them both being about gay couples, then fine, I understand why you're comparing them. But also remember that one is 
completely slice of life. And the other is like a higher concept show, which requires, you know, being into vampires and potentially there's vampire fatigue with, you know, Twilight existing and uh, being terrible. I don't know. It sounds like you're just lesbophobic uh, and racist, too. That's def- that's definitely me. That was the big critique I saw online is that Netflix is racist and lesbophobic. And I'm just like. No, just 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 look at the numbers. Like if you say that you're just ignoring any kind of numbers to the show at all. But it is so they did bring up a good point. Like there was a good, there was a long list of, you know, Netflix originals featuring lesbian characters in the starring role that have been canceled. I think that's interesting. And of course, I think that says more about the audience than what it says about Netflix, unless unless we're pointing out that all Netflix does is market the lesbianism in the show, which is what the creators uh, the show, I'm sorry, the showrunners problem with the show was uh, the show marketing was, was that basically Netflix marketed it as a lesbian vampire show when there was, in theory, more to that. And she said this to Deadline and hilariously in, in the funniest fucking tweet of the year, they have that part as the text. And then uh, the thumbnail image is uh, queer bait, a, a queer baiting photo of the two main characters looking sensual next to each other it was it was drenched in irony and i fucking loved it it was so funny so yeah um all in all the most important thing you need to know with first kill is that the viewership numbers weren't weren't good and that the episode one to two completion rate so assuming 100 percent of people completed everybody who completed the first episode of first kill only 67 percent of people went on to the second episode and watched it Jesus, which um, for those of you who are unaware, a 33 percent drop is fucking terrible. Uh, and of course, 43 percent of people completed the show. So that show was never it was never going to happen. Sorry. Um, the, the numbers say there's just no chance that this show was ever going to get renewed with with those kind of stats. So that's it. That's uh, that's first kill. Also. Uh, the Writers Guild of America triumphs in $42 million arbitration with Netflix. Uh, this is due to uh, their claims that Netflix underpaid writers on such projects as Bird Box. Uh, so this is for like back pay on residuals that uh, the writers were owed. Yeah. I don't know. The, the article doesn't do a very good job of explaining why. The, the writers felt like they were due this money. The, That's the true. general The general gist, I, the, what I understood from the article is that, one, they didn't get a percentage of the licensing fees to other regions, which I didn't know was a thing that wasn't negotiated in these contracts. Hmm. So, but I, I, I'm guessing, like, anytime, like, Netflix put a movie in another region outside of America, that the writers should have gotten a percentage of that in the first place. Which, um, again, I had no idea it was an actual issue. Yeah. So, uh, there's, there's 42 million in total for that. Plus I believe there's another 13 and a half million in interest. So I'm more worried 
considering that Netflix is a corporation, you know, I don't really care how they spend their money. But now you look at this and I wonder how this will go over with SAG-AFTRA, with the PGA, which is the Producers Guild, the Directors Guild, and how their residuals are going to change after this arbitration, because now they all have a precedent where they can go get more money. And also how this changes the numbers for streaming, because as we know, uh, and everyone should know this, by the way, because uh, somebody on TikTok was like, why did Dune cost $150 million to make and the Gray Man cost $200 million? So I fucking shut him down by saying uh, Netflix movies and streaming movies have a higher upfront because they don't have residuals, uh, except seemingly now they do. So that's that. <sighs> I promise I'm now done explaining business to Caleb. <laughs> Nah, there's a lot of like a lot of the, the way they do shit on the back end. I'm not at all aware about. So the core issue is that Netflix doesn't release like enough numbers for like showrunners or um, directors to really understand like what their worth actually is, or like because uh, uh, and this is a critique too that I've seen uh, after s- something just got canceled. That wasn't first kill. Like this was the, the prior thing that got canceled. And somebody was like, well, our viewing numbers look great. And Netflix uh, comes in with a fucking metric that makes their numbers look like fucking shit. So it's, they're like, well, we don't know what is supposed, like what these numbers mean anymore because nothing's explained to us. We don't have access to our own numbers. Mm-hmm. So uh, hopefully this will get us better access to n- how Netflix calculates how things work. And what and what's successful and what's not? Uh, I guess time will tell. Okay. Well, uh, with all of uh, the dance planning out of the way, it's time to move into downstream and talk about some trailers for some upcoming Netflix projects. Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line. Our first trailer is "I came by." Privilege hides the darkest secrets. Uh, after uncovering uncovering a sinister secret of a prestigious judge, a young graffiti artist and his loved ones are dragged into a deadly game of cat and mouse. Uh, graffiti artist who targets the homes of elite the elite uncovers a twisted secret in a hidden basement, triggering events that put his loved ones in danger. Uh, so this is a Banksy crime fighting movie. Yeah, it is. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, kind of is. Yeah, kind of is. Good call. I do what I can. What do you think? That looks all right. I think it could be good. Yeah, I, I think it also could be good. It actually looks like a very interesting concept. Uh, so long as it stays at 90 minutes, uh, I, I think we got a good thriller on our hand. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. hands, whatever. I only have one hand now. Zahendo. Uh, next trailer is for Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Uh, it's a 10-episode original anime uh, by CDPR and Studio Trigger. Debuts only on Netflix this September. Hashtag Edge Runners. The trailer focuses on introducing our new Edge Runners crew, namely David, Maine, Dorio, Kiwi, who is uh, a nude robot lady in the mm-hmm. trailer. Mm-hmm. Pilar or Pilar or Pillar. It's got one L. Uh, Rebecca, Lucy, more to come, uh, colon, close parentheses. 
uh, about cyberpunk edge runners. The series tells a standalone 10 episode story about a street kid trying to survive in night city, a technology and body modification obsessed city of the future. Having everything to lose, he stays alive by becoming an edge runner, a mercenary outlaw, also known as a cyberpunk. Dan, do you think that the series will be rele- finished whenever they release it? Hey, uh, I mean, for the true CDPR experience, no. Uh, people will just pop in randomly. Uh, cop cars will disappear as you turn away from them. And mm-hmm. uh, if you think I'm joking, these are all real issues that fucking happened uh, as, as the game launched. Now, this is, of course, what I believe on like the, the PS4 and Xbox One. But still, uh, the, the fucking issues with this game were hysterical. Yeah, I never played the game, never had an interest in the game, probably never will play the game. But uh, I enjoyed the game very much. It's apparently fixed now. Uh, and I, I actually own a PS4 version because I got it for $10 on wholesale. And then uh, now they're charging $30 for it, <laughs> like ki- like continuously. So I, I made out like a fucking bandit. Uh, as for this, I have no idea what the show's about. Th- that I, I feel like that trailer was actually fucking terrible. I don't know. It's like. Uh, kind of bringing back the whole. Um, fuck's the name of the show ghost in the show ghost in the show yeah it's kind of that vibe you know sure i mean i like the animation style at least i thought that because i saw like naked cyber girl boobs right correct i mean that's just it's just cyberpunk uh when i was creating my character uh i made uh, a, a a hot asian lady with with silver hair uh, she actually looks like a cool character but uh weirdly enough they have you like fucking craft her genitals and i'm just like i just want a lady what yeah i i wish i could fucking stream that (laughs) because it it was it was it was wild dude what they were doing there do you get to like you know decide how like far the flaps hang down or i don't know about that i didn't get that like i I just went over the vagina and just went okay whatever and i was like i'll take a little boobs i'm good with little boobs it's okay like, I wasn't like I made fucking booba girl. It was like a fucking boobs <laughs> covering her face like fucking. Oh, what? Uh, what's her name from fucking Dogs and Bounty Hunter? Beth. Beth. Yeah, this from is Beth. The- She's my bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Beth, bear me that guy. <laughs> right. It's not Kenny in, in the in the Beth co- Beth cosplay. But like, uh, like she looks like a normal, she looks like a normal fucking woman, and that's well, except except for like the cybernetic enhancements, like the, she has like complete black eyes, and it, she looks cool. I promise you, she looks cool. <laughs> How's the vagina look? You know, I, I do you get to choose like uh, you know hair configuration, like you know if you do like the classic triangle or like a lightning bolt or a unicorn I, or something. I actually, I actually believe you do. Dope. I don't know why I don't know why CD Projekt Red thought that was something we wanted, but it, they put it in the game. The The next character I make will be a dude and he'll just have like a fucking elephant dong. <laughs> that was my next question is what's the maximum dick length? That's 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 the thing. I don't know. I have no idea. And I want to I want to know. I wanted to I, I did want to play as a woman. I don't know why. Uh, I guess because I cosplay as a man uh, in real life. So I'll play a, I'll play a woman in video games, I guess. 
That brings up other questions uh, that we don't have time for. It's it's uh, true. Our next trailer is for Lost Ollie. When Ollie, a stuffed toy, awakens to discover himself in an unfamiliar place, he embarks on an epic journey to find his best friend, Billy. Uh, a patchwork rabbit with floppy ears and fuzzy memories embarks on... Oh, that's cute. Embarks on an epic quest to find his best friend, the young boy he desperately loves. Uh, this is live-action Toy Story. Uh, also, that animated movie about the guy who lost his hand, kind of, maybe? That was about a thing trying to get back to its owner. Yes. In a weird way, yes. But it's more just live action Toy Story because toys mm-hmm. come to life in this in this world. And it's a um, story about them. Yeah. Uh, I think what's interesting is that the parents are Jake Johnson and Gina Rodriguez, who I guess are the age of parents now. So, yeah. Uh, that made me feel old and my bones hurt. I know. That's what I'm saying. Uh, but this looks cute. This looks great. Uh, I, I fucking had to move. Uh, I, I completely removed day shift from the schedule now because there ain't no way we can squeeze day shift this and like all the other shit we have to watch. Because despite the fact that I feel like outside of Sandman, there's nothing like massive. There's no big, massive property for Netflix in, in this quarter. Um, my God, there is a lot of stuff that actually like matters for the, the service. Like there, there's just nothing but hits. And also the next 365 days. <laughs> Man. I'm going to watch Day Shift anyway. You try to stop me. Oh, I will too. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it probably won't be a main review topic unless we double up. Yeah. But yeah, Lost Dolly looks cute. Uh, Please check it out. Please understand. Please enjoy this next video. Please enjoy this next trailer. (laughs) Man... I could just like spend my whole day watching fucking uh, Nintendo presents videos. Nintendo Direct, uh, a new uh, news about new games coming directly to you. And all you do is time the snap with them, too, because that's the the trademark sound of the Switch Joy-Con snapping. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, Speaking of good stuff. Our last trailer for the week is for Love in the Via. Uh, in Nagata de Via. I don't know. It's Villa. They say Via. Giorno Giovanna would yell at me if I didn't pronounce it that way. It's, it's fucking uh, like Cazzo and other Italian swear words that I can't remember right now. <laughs> Uh, so Love in the Villa is about a young woman who takes a trip to romantic Verona, Italy uh, after a breakup, during a breakup, I guess. I don't know. Only to find that the villa she reserved was double booked and she'll have to share a vacation with a cynical and very good looking British man. Uh, Julie's dream tip 
trip to Verona, Italy, turns star-crossed when she discovers her rented villa is already occupied by an annoyingly attractive stranger. Dan, are are they going to find love unexpectedly? The uh, answer the, might surprise you. Uh, the answer is yes, until this man grows gorilla arms. Uh, because the the annoyingly attractive man she's uh, stuck in a villa with is uh, the guy who plays Luther Hargreaves in Umbrella Academy. Oh, Christ. Yeah, that's right. So I, I promised I would tell you, why do these trailers always go last? Uh, and it's not out of, like, pure happenstance. Well, it is actually out of pure happenstance. It's not like I like purposely move the trailers down. Like what's the worst trailer of the week? What can we end on a low note with? Um, Netflix likes to bury these trailers towards the end of the week where no one's paying attention. Uh, so almost always as the week goes on, uh, the trailers get progressively worse. Hmm. So that is why. Uh, almost always, and I, I put the, the links in uh, chronological order, so that's why I almost always, the, the last trailer is the worst trailer. I don't believe you. I pull out a cigarette and light it and kick my feet up on the desk. I mean, that's I mean, uh, this looks like ass. Uh, we have to move on that segue to quick hits and talk about some stuff we watched this week. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I was very excited to tell you all about it. Uh, I watched Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy. I don't know if I've seen this since high school. I watched this movie for the first time when I was dating uh, my very first like serious girlfriend and feeling up her boobs. Nice. Did you have a boner like Ron? Yeah. Did you walk it off? <laughs> Don't act like you're not impressed. So, I don't know. Good good memories there, I guess. I don't know. The first in a long line of uh, devastating mistakes that, you know, had a significant impact on, impact on my psyche for years to come. Sure. I don't know. This is a, the story of Ron Burgundy. Uh, San Diego's top-rated newsman in the male-dominated broadcasting of the 1970s. Uh, but that's all about to change for Ron and his cronies when an ambitious woman is hired as a new actor. Anchor. Yeah, I read the words good. Uh, this is directed by Adam McKay, written by Adam McKay and Will Ferrell. Stars Will Ferrell, Christina Applegate, Steve Carell, uh, Paul Rudd, David Cockner. Uh, Fred Willard, Chris mm-hmm. Parnell, Catherine mm-hmm. Hahn, Fred mm-hmm. Armisen, mm-hmm. Seth Rogen, Danny Trejo, mm-hmm. uh, Paul F. Tompkins, mm-hmm. uh, Jack Black, uh, Jack Black kicking a dog off a bridge in, in one of the only dickhead roles I think I've ever seen Jack Black take. <laughs> I think a lot of his roles are dickheads, but they're like the dickheads For- that you agree with and follow through the story. Right. So, I don't know. Um, I like this movie. It's it's an absurdist comedy. Mm-hmm. I think I think you fall on the other side of the fence from me, but like I've never been like wild about the Will Ferrellness of like comedy from this era. Sure, I've enjoyed his films, but he was never mm-hmm. like 
you know, the top guy to me. And I feel like a lot of people would disagree with that, but like, it's good. It's funny. It's, uh, you know, like I said, it's an absurdist comedy, but like, Mm -hmm. whereas something like a Billy Madison, I think that like Billy Madison is largely grounded in reality, except for like the absurd moments where he's like drunk and hallucinating that there's a giant penguin or they have a musical number for no apparent reason. Mm -hmm. Uh, whereas this like is often fantastic. Like, you know, the the different news teams just show up and have a rumble and no, murder no, no, each no, other. No. Are you telling me you haven't heard about the great news team fight in Pittsburgh in 1987? <laughs> Come on. I mean, I was just a baby. Uh, I mean, you're not wrong. Like, this is, this is completely absurdist. And uh, this actually, I mean, this hit at the right time for me because I didn't even watch it when it first came out. Uh, I was like probably junior, senior year when I when I watched this movie in high school and like you're fucking real impressionable those years. And so I think this yeah. is like one of the greatest movies ever, like funny as fuck. Like I, I could, I could actually recite the entire screenplay. Like that's how well <laughs> I used to know this movie. I also haven't watched it in many, many years, but yeah, this is, this is like pinnacle comedy for me. Yeah, no, it's, it's quite good. Um, I don't know. I think my favorite running gag in the movie is, uh, Anytime somebody walks into Fred Willard's office, he's on the phone with the school about like some fucked up shit that his kid's doing. Uh, (laughs) And like the last one, it's like, you know, he's talking to his son on the phone. He's like, listen, just put the gun down and let the marching band go. We'll play it (laughs) off as a joke. (laughs) It's like, holy fucking shit. Fred Willard, I, I rest in peace, Fred Willard. He he was such a fucking great comedian. Like his, oh, his great fucking deadpan shtick in every movie is always fantastic. Yeah. Nah, I I like I liked him a lot in this movie. Chris Parnell is has a good little bit part in it. Why'd you why'd you say it wrong? Why'd you say that wrong? You, you poop poop in your mouth. You poop mouth. You you were my hero, Ron. <laughs> And he fucking runs away like a little fucking boy. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. And then, and then, of course, the 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 great irony joke uh, of the movie immediately after, where Ron's like, "Don't you know I never say fuck? You have to know I never fucking say that fucking word. I never fucking say fuck." <laughs> Just uh, amazing, amazing stuff. I, I love that movie so much. Uh, I used to quote it so much, uh, and then, you know, because I feel like anybody around, like, because you're a little bit older than me, but, like, not by a lot, but, like, anyone around, like, my age, like, that was, <laughs> like, you know how, like, people, like, uh, liking The Office is not a personality trait? Well, I think at that yeah. point, like, liking the ang- liking Anchorman is not a personality trait. Like, it, it was, like, same shit. Same vibe. Yeah. I don't know. I, um... I enjoyed watching Luke Wilson get both of his arms cut off. What's funny is I don't know who the the curly hair main anchor main anchor for that one news team is, uh, but that was supposed to be Owen Wilson. Oh, was it the um, uh, like the public, public asset, news. access yeah. one? Public yeah, access that news. is yeah. um, his name Tim Robbins. He's the guy from Shawshank oh, that's Redemption. Right. That is yeah. Tim Robbins. Holy shit! Yep. 
Oh, I didn't even recognize him. But yeah, so like Tim Robbins wasn't even supposed to be in the movie. That was supposed to be Owen Wilson. Because That's fucking funny. That w- like because they had the frat pack. Like you know, you're your Vince Vaughn, Luke Wilson, Owen Wilson, uh, Ben Stiller, Will Ferrell. Like that was that they were supposed to have their own little news crew as just kind of like an in joke amongst them all. But uh, they like Owen was off doing I don't know what at the time, but. Uh, I, I always thought that was uh, the the <laughs> that that seems so fucking random and it's just so absurdist and it's just like what the fuck is going on here? There's just <laughs> there's just news teams murdering each other right now. This is fantastic. Yeah, and Ben Stiller is like the leader of the Spanish language news for some reason because you know clearly he's uh, Hispanic and not Jewish at all. Uh, not at all. Not at all. But. Yeah, it's good. It's a good movie. There's no touch. There's only one rule: no touching, no touching of the hair or face. Of course, and everyone's saying, "Yeah, well, yeah, of course." Come on, bro. <laughs> what the fuck's wrong? You think we're gonna do I that, <laughs> Brick? Where did you get a grenade? I don't know. Don't Ron. know. And then the whole fight, he's just like running around ah! in the middle of the crowd, holding the grenade directly out in front of him and screaming. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this was like. My first exposure to Steve Carell, I know he had been on like the Daily Show beforehand and he was, you know, he was doing the Steve Carell stuff. But like, you know, as soon as I saw and I think this is actually what sold me in the office was like seeing like, oh, it's fucking Brick from Anchorman in a television sitcom. I definitely want to see this. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It was uh, real good. Yeah. I got to see it again. I, I, I really have to. So. Vanessa also watched uh, Uncoupled, which is okay. the the um, Neil Patrick Harris show. Uh, I watched like the last couple episodes with her because uh, I, I got home from work. She was like in the middle of watching it and I played Breath of the Wild while she was finishing it. Sure. Uh, and uh, it's good. I, you know, didn't have a lot of the context for the beginning, but I, I expect it's, you know, you know, I was able to extrapolate backwards from incomplete information, I guess. Uh, sure. It's it's good. Um, I don't think this will get a second season. It's I think no. it's just designed to be a limited series. It is what oh. it is. Because, like, they kind of wrap it up seemingly pretty definitively. Huh. OK. But we'll see. I don't know. It's good. I, I liked See Neil Patrick Harris playing an honest-to-God gay person. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it a bit in our Discord, but, like, this didn't even chart in Top 10 on Netflix um, during its premiere weekend. We'll see if it charts this week, because typically in the full, like the first full week on the service, series do better. So we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, it, if, if, it's, if it wraps up definitively, that's fine. Cool. Uh, but, you know, uh, I don't see this getting a second season just based off of uh, it not charting in its first like premiere weekend. Yeah. But uh, and then she also watched Purple Hearts. Now, I tried to get her to come on and do a full review of it, uh, <laughs> but she said she didn't want to, uh, but that it was not good. Uh, okay, so here's the problem. She's your property. All right. Uh, legally, she is your property. I, I was there at the ceremony. Uh, the 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 guy said, you know, if, uh, you oh, know, I like Nick. to you know, I like to make that joke, but she she does not care for it for some reason. 
I mean, uh, Vanessa, if you're listening, we're being 100% sarcastic when we say this. Uh, but that being said, you are his property. And um, <laughs> Jesus the, Christ, the, 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 the man who may or may not have been Nick and may or may not have told everybody not to sit down uh, <clears throat> said, hey, you got to come on fucking Netflix and swill anytime you watch something and talk about it at, at Caleb's command. So. I guess that is true. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I can have her come on <laughs> for Sandman. And it oh, to balance be, out the Linda, just be awful forever. Because oh, that'd be great. Uh, just another case of too many shorties burning up on the dance floor. <laughs> I'll tell you this: I do, I do want to watch Purple Hearts, but like as a fucking lark. Like, I, I don't want to watch it seriously. I just want to get, like, drunk on a Saturday and fucking watch that movie. And, yeah, and watch it with the boys. Yeah. Like, that's that's like a hangout with the boys, watch how stupid this movie is, because it looks dumb as fuck. And, like, I, again, and I've said this mi- a million times, and we've memed on it a million times, but, like, if you put, like, if you took that premise and gave it to actual people of real competence, I think you could make something out of it. Uh, also, blow off a fucking limb from the man, uh, hinder his living, and yeah. then we'll talk. Yeah, watch. Let's let's watch her fall in love with him when he can't walk. Yeah, like uh, like have her have to drive him like drive him to fucking physical therapy every day at like seven thirty in the morning before her double shift that she pulls at the diner. See how much she loves him. Then give me real struggle. <laughs> Uh, Christ. Is that it for you? Uh, that's it. What about you? All right. Uh, as I said at the beginning, I watched The Sandman. I have no thoughts for now. We will save them until next week. Yeah. I also watched The Sandman. So, uh, for review incoming, I have a lot to say about it. So, because I read all of the comic books. Hey, fucking virgin. Uh, I have never touched a vagina. I, that's true. You're married now. You definitely haven't. Uh, therefore, I will need to play cyberpunk and spend a lot of time on the character creation screen. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Leave me alone. I spent I spent a lot of time making my lady look cool. She looks cool. Just leave me alone. All right. Taking a picture of the lady, and you're all gonna see how cool my fucking creative character is. She looks really cool. Yeah, make sure if you're if you're gonna take a picture of her, you know, make sure she's doing it hustler style. <laughs> just, just just up on the pole, <laughs> nothing on you know, except you know for heels. What, you know what hustler style means, don't you? I don't it, actually. It means spread the lips. <laughs> Oh, God, no. Oh, wait, that was actually in the Hustler magazine? Uh, that was uh, fucking Dave Chappelle talks about that oh, in his okay. own special. Because he's talking about, like, uh, Caitlyn Jenner doing Playboy or whatever. He's oh, like, if okay. you're going to do it, you know, go all in. Do it Hustler style. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Christ, yeah. All right. Uh, so, uh, with Hustler style in our minds and burned in that image forever, uh, it's time to jump into a quick break. Uh, I said jump for the first time in many months, so nobody, uh, everybody, let's hop, let's hop over every, to a quick everybody break. Everybody shut the fuck up about me saying jump. Uh, we will go into a quick break. When we come out of that break, we will talk about uh, what the hell is this movie even called? It's Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie. 
The Netflix and Swill podcast is brought to you by our patrons. Gerald Morris, Bill Sutton, Nick Haskins, Ashley the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prezula, Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, Jimmy De La Rosa, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Duty Dutram, Casey Moore, The Nerd Revert, and Dan's Mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at netflixandswill.com slash Patreon. Buy some shit. Visit netflixandswill.com slash merch. Leave a review and tell me how good I'm getting at public speaking. Visit netflixandswill.com slash Apple Podcasts. Thanks for letting us live our dreams of being professional idiots. We now return you to your regularly scheduled banter. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it's time to get into our main review topic for the week. Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie. Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, colon, the movie, is an animation action adventure film uh, on Netflix based on a Nickelodeon show. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's 5.5 out of 10 on IMDb. And the description is when a mysterious stranger arrives from the future with a dire warning, Leo is forced to rise and lead his brothers, Raph, Donnie and Mikey to save the world from a terrifying alien species. Uh, this has Ben Schwartz as Leonardo, uh, Omar Benson Miller as Raphael, Brandon, Michael Smith as Michelangelo, Josh Brenner as Donatello, Eric Bauza as Splinter, Kat Graham as April O'Neil. And Haley Joel Osment as Casey Jones. And most importantly, and Dan pulled them out uh, as soon as he heard them, but uh, John Michael Higgins as uh, whoever the slug dude is, and then uh, Reese Darby as the hypnopotamus. Yeah, it's true. I'm I'm not a voice acting savant. Are you sure? No, I'm not sure. I definitely <laughs> am. I'm definitely a fucking psychopath. So, I kind of dig this take on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Obviously, I'm not in the, the age bracket for this anymore, but like, sure. uh, you know, it's a fun, fresh take. They just didn't know what the fuck to do with Ninja Turtles for, you know, decades after the initial hype died down. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that this kind of brings it back a little bit. I was a huge fan of the original Ninja Turtles cartoon. And, uh, you know... It doesn't necessarily recapture the magic for me, but it it gets adjacent to it. You know, uh, yeah. I like I like some of the creative license they took with it. So like each of the turtles is a different species of turtle in this one. Uh, mm-hmm. Hence, like their their uh, physical differences. So like in the original, I think they were all supposed to be red eared sliders, uh, like okay. in the original comic, because that was just like the pet turtle that you could get from a store. Sure. Um, but in this one, Leonardo's a red-eared slider, so he has like red markings on his face. Raphael is an alligator snapping turtle, so he's like fucking huge. Massive. Uh, just a massive just hulk of a turtle. A complete fucking unit. Um, right. <laughs> uh Michelangelo is a painted box turtle. Uh so he can like fully pull into his shell and also has like colorful uh, designs on him. And Donatello is a spiny soft shelled turtle. So he has to wear like extra battle armor because mm. he is vulnerable because his shell is weaker. Okay. That makes sense then. 
Uh, also, they have, you know, mystical weapons that give them uh, magical ninja powers. Yeah, that was probably the most drastic change I noticed was that yeah. they have mystical powers now. Yeah, especially since we don't have the context of, you know, actually watching the fucking cartoon that this is based on. Yeah, that's that's the big thing is I like. I think the the cartoon is on Netflix because uh, mm-hmm. they had a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles collection. So maybe we could have watched it before this came out. But I, I think. Just I think that's like the only kind of leap that you really have to take with this movie is like, oh, they just have mystical weapons now that do mystical shit. Oh, OK. And yeah. then you just move on from there. Because actually, for the most part, they don't even have the mystical powers throughout most of the run length of the movie. Yeah, because part of it, too, I guess, depends on. Like, they have to be together to use them like. I don't know, it's like uh, has to do with, like, their connection to each other as turtle brothers, turtle brothers. Uh, Also, I really like that the. Uh, ancient ninjutsu symbol on Splinter's robe looks like a, a pizza cut into I slices. I love that too. It was it's great. Very good. It's like, oh, what is that? Like a lotus on his jacket? Nope, that's a pizza. That is a hundred percent a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that being said, I think that like Splinter is the worst part of this. Like, I think that yes. like I don't. I don't like this interpretation of Splinter. I wish they would have gone a bit closer to the original and well, kind of had that the, as like the anchor point. But well, they need a straight man for this, these bunch of goofballs. And that's what Splinter was, at least in the in the movies, was that Splinter is a straight man yeah. to the, their antics. And in this, he just until until in. the end where he makes a joke and then yells, I made a funny. Yeah, which is great. But like whenever you have just everybody making jokes and acting stupid, like it, it doesn't endear me to the thing it's just like oh well this is just how everybody is then okay yeah i'm guessing that like because of the way the timeline works in this movie uh that like because casey jones comes back in time so i'm guessing he's not part of the show at least like prior to this movie right casey jones is my favorite ninja turtle so uh i was happy to see him here yeah um they, I don't know how spoiler heavy one we wanted to get into this, but they they kind of hint as to why he's not in the show, uh, and this is one of two things that I'm sure the the bigots and racists will hate. Uh, one is that April O'Neil has gone from being a ginger girl to being a black girl, which and is this gets you po- know it's fine. fine. I have no notes. Yeah, I don't have notes either. She's also feisty and beats up ninjas with a baseball bat. Okay, so that's that's my problem with her characterization. However, um, I, I will note that uh, an awful lot of redhead characters are morphing into black characters, at least in terms of Hollywood. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I'm the, just well, saying no, that's it, like an oddly specific thing because they made the, yes. the Annie musical and then what? The Little Mermaid? Little Mermaid. Um, that Who's, is interesting. One of, the flash, one of the flashes is a ginger. He became uh, a black character in on the Flash TV show. Huh. Like, there are more examples. Well, also, like, 
less than 1% of the population is ginger. So there's that. Yeah. And in a hundred years from now, like ginger people will probably be extinct because it's like the most recessive of recessive genes. That's true. So uh, I'm wondering if them putting, if at least back in the day, putting ginger people in things was like their way of like hiding like a black character, I guess. I don't know. It's really, it's really stupid and loose, but like, (laughs) I think maybe it was more cause just like, like with Annie, it was a way to visually show you that like she was uh, unwanted. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Cause like the ginger kids episode of South park is real. That's true. So, yeah, it, it's it, I'm not saying anything positive or negative about it. It's just an interesting coincidence that just keeps happening over and over again that I almost feel like it has to be intentional at this point. Hmm. Yeah, no, no. I mean, obviously, it's intentional because it's animated. They could have made the character look like anything. It could have made her an alien. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. She was already fucking. Uh, God, I can't even remember the actress's name Megan Fox Megan Fox I was like Megan <laughs> I I think my big problem and maybe the um cuz they we just had a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game come out on mm-hmm. a bunch of platforms but like April O'Neil's one of like the unlockable character or like one of the characters you can fight as so like maybe it's maybe I'm reading too much into this but like the April O'Neil I remember wasn't like this feisty like because there's a time where she's fucking like making massive dodges of like attacks and it's just like does she have ninja skills like have they been training her and maybe that's just something i've completely missed because again this is an animated movie based off an animated show but yeah it it just feels like for me it's completely out of place that april o'neill is as capable as she is yeah well also like the fact that she uses a baseball bat is like Maybe they just blended her character with Casey Jones and then decided to have Casey Jones in this, you know? Is that a Jose Canseco bat? <laughs> Tell me you didn't pay money for this. <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, well, they, they show uh, who winds up being Cassandra Jones as like a little quick Easter egg at like the, the very oh, end of the, yeah. the movie. And Casey Jones is like, that's my mom. Ma'am, and so like I, I feel like maybe in the show there's a Cassandra Jones, and they just gender bent Casey Jones, and then just bring Casey Jones back from the future, hmm. and and now he's part of the show, the show or whatever. I don't know. I don't know how this so, fits into the Teenage Ninja Turtles canon now. But did you ever? Did you ever watch? <laughs> did you ever watch the fucking original Ninja Turtles cartoon? Uh, I didn't. Uh, so like. Casey, let me explain why Casey Jones is the best character in the entirety of Ninja Turtles canon. Uh, So Casey Jones was just like a fucking scumbag. Like, you know, he dressed like he lived under a bridge. So he had like a ripped up shirt with no sleeves and sweatpants. Uh, And that was his superhero costume. And then, of course, he wore the hockey mask uh, and fought people with sports equipment. But like... His his whole deal was that he had a pathological hatred of all crime. So like he was just out with the Ninja Turtles tracking down the Foot Clan on one episode and he saw a dude jaywalking 
uh, and just left the Ninja Turtles to deal with the Foot Clan so he could run across the street and beat the fuck out of this dude who was jaywalking. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. <laughs> hey, scumbag, use the crosswalk. And he just takes off. <laughs> he's, he's basically fucking... Um, uh, oh, fuck. Why can't I remember? Dwight from The Office. What's the fucking... I can never remember dude's Rain name. Wilson. Rain Wilson. It's basically Rain Wilson's character from Super just yelling, shut up, crime, oh, yeah. and hitting them with a wrench. I remember Super. God, Super was a fucked up flick. We should watch movie that sometime. S- movie sucks. It's not great, but I... I don't know. I appreciate what it's trying to do, I guess. Yes. I don't know. I, I do appreciate what it's doing. It was it was contemporary with like the kick ass and like the watchmen of it all, where it was like, hey, what if like superheroes were really real? Uh kick ass, sure. Watchmen no. I don't agree with that comparison. Well, like that was kinda I don't know. Maybe it was inspired by Watchmen, but I I don't I wouldn't put it on well, well, no, obviously well, watchman watchman obviously is like an actual comic well kickass is too but like watchman's like an actual comic book and and had fantastic elements to it but like that that's what i'm you know you get what i'm trying to say at least like yeah. the core premise of watchman is like oh what if there were actually superheroes but there's right. only one actual like super powered person in it okay yeah I, I will say the the big knock i have against this movie is that i I'm not I don't know if I like the animation style or not. It's so hit and miss with how it's portrayed every time that I just go and look at it. And I'm like, uh, yeah. there's some really ugly shots in here. There's there's some beautiful looking stuff. Yeah, too. it has a it has a very particular aesthetic. Voice acting solid, uh, like Ben Schwartz is doing his Ben Schwartz. Uh, you know, it, that, that was the other voice I picked out immediately. It was like, oh, it's Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I like Ben Schwartz. He's growing on me. Yeah. Not not that I, you know, really disliked him, but like whenever he was John Ralphio, I was like, eh, I can, you know, take it or leave it. But as A soon as he was Sonic the Hedgehog, man. Yeah. Uh, anything else about Teenage Mutant or the rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie? Yes. Uh, towards the beginning of the movie, whenever April O'Neil is like, um, you know, proving that there's nefarious goings on at the college uh, and steals like some chemicals from the lab to prove it because she's uh, going to do whatever it takes to make make a name for herself as an investigatory journalist, no matter how yes. many uh, people she has to step on and bodies she leaves broken and dead and dying along the way, just so she can make a name for herself as an investigatory journalist, no matter how many people she has to step on and bodies she leaves dead and broken and dying along the way. Um, when she's leaving the college, uh, it says East Laird University, uh, which the creators of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were named Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. So uh, there's okay. uh, there's some deep lore for you. Lore. I love lore. It's just something I noticed. Um, no, that's, I that's, that's interesting. Did not know that. Yeah. Never would have caught that either. Ninja Turtles was my shit like back in back in my day. Was like my whole deal. Yeah. Well, I'm happy you grown up and uh, still only care about uh, niche products that only certain subsects of the culture care about. It's true. 
All right. And uh, I think that brings us over to Segmento Trace. That's nothing. It's it's something. They were in Spain during Uncharted, starring Tom Holland. Yeah, Uncharted is a 2022 action-adventure film. It's now available to view on Netflix. Uh, it is a 6.4 out of 10 on IMDb. Street smart Nathan Drake is recruited by seasoned treasure hunter Victor Sully Sullivan to recover a fortune amassed by Ferdinand Magellan and lost 500 years ago by the House of Moncada. This is directed by Ruben Fleischer. Uh, stars Tom Holland, Mark Wahlberg, Antonio Banderas. Uh, who is aging gracefully. Sure is. Uh, Sophia Ali, Tati Gabriel. Yeah, I don't know. Is there anyone else you recognized in this? Uh, there's a quick cameo, but we'll talk about that later. Hmm. I'm now wondering if I caught it. Uh, what did you think Probably of this not. movie? All right, so I have played all the Uncharted games. Uh, I like the Uncharted games. I think they're yeah. fun. I um, I have played none of them, but so now I'm interested too. You de- yeah I I well you have a PlayStation, so there are all PlayStation exclusive games. You can definitely go play them. I'd heard like well, I was a bit tenuous when I first was hearing things because normally I don't like to read articles from like the st- or, like interviews from like the stars or the directors, but I hear shit like intermittently like. Tom Holland was like, ah, I wanted to look cool as Drake. And it's like, well, Drake isn't cool. Drake's kind of a dork, but he's also a mass murderer. So we we love him anyway. Uh, so like when he says all that, you're like, oh, maybe this isn't going to be the right tone. But then the movie began and went on and it just hit every note of a of an Uncharted game in, in two hours. Yeah. And I loved it. It was uh, a two-hour Uncharted game. Uh, I I wanted it, uh, and I was just so happy the whole time. It was like this captures the exact spirit of the game, and that's all I wanted from this movie. I don't need it to be fantastic. I think the score is fine on IMDb. I think that's about what you should expect for that mo- for this movie. Mm-hmm. But boy, did I have a lot of fun watching Uncharted. Yeah, I actually had a blast with this movie uh i don't know there's the surface level comparison to like national treasure Mm -hmm. uh which i would say yeah you can compare this to national treasure the big difference is uh that national treasure is a giant piece of shit oh that's Um, a bad take that's (laughs) the first national treasure legitimately good movie the Uh, second one we start getting into it's fine it's fine um so yeah, I don't know. It's it's a lot of fun. It's, you know, it's an adventure. It it succeeds at what it says on the tin. But uh, a lot of the things that I have to say about this movie are more on like sort of the meta level and like not so much about the movie itself. Okay. Whereas, like, so we're seeing diminishing returns uh, for all things Marvel. And it's, you know, a lot of it has to do with just fatigue and burnout and like, they're trying to play everything up like it's the next big thing, but they're not really earning that the way they did with like everything after Endgame uh, is just really like mediocre and yes, feels unimportant. Yes. Um, and like, I don't think they'll ever really get back to that level. So like the uh, the age of superhero movies is, you know, slowly winding down, I guess. Um. So what takes its place? Well, you know, 
the obvious answer is video game movies. Um, like video games are like the largest segment of like media growth for like the last 20 years or whatever. Like I think like the video game industry pulls in more revenue than music, movie and television combined. That's like, correct. It's just a huge fucking industry. Uh, but like traditionally a lot of video game movies have been very bad. That's uh, also correct. <laughs> Like we had uh, fucking Super Mario Brothers, uh, where we find out that their canon names are Mario Mario and Luigi Mario. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that movie. Don't at me. Uh, but then, like, I don't know. A couple years ago, it's like something changed. Like the you know the it, it seems like they figured out the formula. It's like I would argue, like the first big one, which like. You know, it it didn't necessarily get a lot of traction, but like Detective Pikachu, I thought was actually yes. like quite solid and like, you know, it caters to people who specifically know things about Pokemon. But like, I, I think that it was actually like a competently made little movie. Yes. Uh, I think Sonic the Hedgehog came out of nowhere and fucking knocked it out of the park. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that this is kind of following in that same vein, like. I think that this is the thing now. Like if they ever actually get a fucking Halo movie put together, uh, I think, you know, I think it'll be a big thing and we'll be off to the races. Well, they put a Halo series together and. um, Yeah, yeah, a series isn't a movie. Well, yeah, you're right, Uh, but. I w- people people did did not seem to give a fuck about no the, the it doesn't it doesn't seem like it at all um I don't know District Nine was originally meant to be a Halo movie yes so you know they've tried somewhat well yeah they, I th- they've been I trying think, for years I think that Uncharted specifically is like kind of a perfect franchise to to bring to this because like. I don't know. It's similar to like Tomb Raider, which like they did make Tomb Raider movies, you know, the. uh, I don't want to talk about it, but like for their time, they're okay. Yeah, for the time, they're okay. But like, I don't know this. This doesn't rely on like sexual sexuality and sexy sex to sell it. You know, that's actually like the best part about the movie is that uh, despite having a love interest the entire time. Uh, they they're never actually they never like kiss or do anything like they mm-hmm. just they just exist and like there's romantic tension and that's about it. Yeah, but it like the bigger part of it is professional tension because they're all mm-hmm. trying to fuck each other over and get the gold. Yeah. So like that's that's great stuff too. Uncharted is my favorite Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> well, that and that's the thing. Is and I think that's why this movie is successful is that it draws enough from already established IP property IP is, IP is property but like mm-hmm. it, it it draws from enough established property from the movie verse that you're just like okay yeah. I see the tendrils of like Indiana Jones Tomb Raider and uh, and they National directly Treasure. reference it you know yeah so like you get that and I think that's what helps draw people into the movie itself is that it's already something they are familiar with. Yeah, it makes it feel familiar and like you feel you feel welcome in it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and like you know, Mark Wahlberg's a big name. He's, you know, an okay actor. 
But like yeah. Tom Holland, I I think is like I, I don't know. Like Tom Holland, I've said it before. He's like him and like Adam Driver and like Michael B. Jordan are like the three actors that I'm most like kind of watching right now because I think that they have like you know the uh, a lot to to give in the future. Like I think they have sure big careers ahead of them. So, um. So like I don't know, I'll pretty much watch anything with Tom Holland and but like uh he's he's doing his Tom Holland thing like it's kind of he's he's fully capable but like still kind of kid adjacent and like he's he's naive enough that he can be like the audience surrogate to this world of uh professional treasure hunters and thieves and he's like yeah. not an expert at it yet but he's never like outmatched and i think uh, that that's what yes. really makes this work so uh my my nitpicks as fan as a fan of this game series well and one it, it's just like the relationship between drake and sully and i understand this is like the beginning of their relationship but it never feels like they had like that one point like i mean of course like sully saving drake at the end instead of the the gold like that that's supposed to be like their one point where they were they're redeemed and now they're buddies but like I never really felt like that friendship was actually being a thing during the run length of the movie. It just felt like it was like, hey, we're just sticking at this very like we don't trust each other level. And then all of a sudden Sully saves Drake and it's like, all right, now we're buddies. Like mm -hmm. now we're pals. We're going to be buddies. We're going to be pals. We're going <laughs> to wrestle around. <laughs> there's there's Nate. There's Sully. Here's Sully. Here's Nate. <laughs> Uh, so like, yeah, I, I'm. Uh, I, I look forward to seeing it solidified better in the the next movies because I guarantee this is getting more movies. But like, there there is there are elements of the Nate Sully relationship from the games in this. It's just I don't buy one moment being like the hey well, now we're like the greatest of friends. Mm -hmm. I liked it a lot. I like that they all had a crazy adventure, but at the end of it, like they kind of end up with nothing except for, you know, a little bit, but not yeah. what they thought they would have. Not a lifetime's uh, fortune. So they'll still be compelled to further adventures. Yeah. I mean, and that is standard uncharted fare. Like that happens every, every single time, every time they're just like, yeah, we got a little bit of treasure, but not a lot. <laughs> we we went on this awesome adventure. We we murdered about 150 people. <laughs> well, that was like uh, there's even a movie in because like, you know, I, I never played through the games, but I'm passingly familiar with it. But like there's a part where uh, Tom Holland, like he's in the the white shirt and stuff. And like he mm -hmm. he beats up a bad guy and he takes like uh, his shoulder harness with the two guns. Yep. And he puts that on and is like. Holy shit, he just became Nathan Drake. Correct. I, I stopped the movie during that moment and was like, that's his signature uh, shoulder harness thing. He is now officially Nathan Drake. Yeah. And I, I went to pull up a fucking, I showed the statue, I went to pull up a fucking picture of him looking like that. I'm like, now he's Drake. Look, see? Look, he's wearing the shirt. He's got the, the little button down thing. He, he, he's Drake. Yep. Yeah, it was it was honestly brilliant. Like... I don't know. I, I have a lot of good things to see say about this movie, and 
Uh, I'm, I'm very excited about just this as a portent of things to come, I guess. So uh, last two things I have to say. Uh, first, this is a prequel to the trilogy of games um, or the, actually the quadrilogy of games. Uh, so the at the end credit scene where Sully and Nate are getting this map to a Nazi sub, the Nazi sub is from the first game. So they're okay. going to revisit the events of the first game, I'm assuming. Interesting. So now that I've seen this, I can jump right into Uncharted, the first game. Oh, wait, there's game. five Uncharted games. That's right, because there's Golden Abyss on the Vita. I forgot about that. Uh, but yeah, the, the first, yeah, this jumps right into the first Uncharted game. And you'll see what I'm talking about with Drake being a mass murderer, because the amount of fucking men this man kills is uh, <laughs> incredible. Uh, and then the cameo is after... Uh, Drake and Chloe come out of the ocean and the, the guy they talk to and he's like, well, what happened to you guys? He's like, oh, we fell out of a plane. OK, uh, so I was going to ask you about this because I was like, I've this has to mean something. And I'm betting that he's the guy who voiced Drake in the games. Yes. And he is the guy who voiced Drake in the games. Hooray. Uh, and he says something I'm, like that happened to me once. I'm so handsome and, and smart. And that's the thing, too, is this movie also borrows a bit from all the pieces of the movie or all, all the pieces of the game. Um, the plane sequence is directly borrowed from three. In fact, like whenever one of the things, whenever the, one of the boxes flies out and hits the dude stolen exactly from three. Um, the hmm. beginning of the movie where it opens with Drake being knocked out or seemingly knocked out. That's directly referencing two, where there's a train hanging off over a ledge and, and Drake has to climb up the the train in order to get to the um to get to the, the top of the cliff before it completely falls off. So like little bits and pieces from each movie or each game, they they morphed into this amalgam of this movie. Yeah. So this uh, this also is like the first movie from PlayStation Productions, which uh, I think is interesting that like now, you know, they have like a, a separate spinoff company to like specifically handle movie adaptations of games. I'm trying to remember if that's true because Ratchet and Clank had a movie. Uh, I don't remember if that was Play PlayStation Productions. I don't or not. know. I think that this. But you're probably you might be right, according to IMDb, at least. But I don't know. Um. But like currently they have uh, The Last of Us in post-production. Yep, at HBO. They have Twisted Metal, which is filming. That's a fucking wild, wild adaptation. Anthony Mackie and Will Ferrell. Or not Will Ferrell, Will, Ar Will Arnett. Good lord. Uh, wait, is Anthony Mackie Sweet Tooth? No, no, Will Arnett will be Sweet Tooth. Uh, somebody else will be playing Sweet Tooth, but he'll be voicing Sweet Tooth. Anthony Mack, you'll be the main character. That's fucking, <laughs> that's fucking amazing. Also, The Last of Us is with uh, Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey, both from Game of Thrones. So the HBO connection makes sense there. Yeah, they have. Uh, huh. They have a Gran Turismo. Oh, yes. Adaptation. Um, that adaptation is going to be based on apparently a real life story where somebody was very good at playing the Gran Turismo games and morphed that into a driving career. So it's going to oh. be kind of like it's going to be kind of like The Wizard huh. but with a driving game. Sort of like how in Snakes on a Plane, the guy is able to land the plane because he played 
uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator. Wasn't that Kenan Thompson? It was. <laughs> Inexplicably, that was Kenan Thompson. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. What I'm saying, though, is that they need to hurry up and make a goddamn Shadow of the Colossus movie because they'll probably oh, no. ru- they'll probably no. ruin it. But yes, you know, no one will understand that movie. Everyone well, was no like, one, this guy's just running around murdering 16 giant bosses. What no, the, what's going no one on here? understands the game. Well, that's also true. But I don't know. They they could even do it as like a silent movie kind of. That would be fantastic. Um, They're doing they're in pre-production on a Ghost of Tsushima movie. I'm trying to think what else. Oh, we have the we have the Horizon series coming to Netflix mm-hmm. at some point. Mm-hmm. And I think that's about I, I think that's it in terms of productions that we know about. But they're they're currently working through everything. They're doing the Sony thing, which is uh, being a full mercenary and licensing off a bunch of stuff to different streaming services or different networks in order to get the most money out of everybody. Uh huh. Uh huh. So we we love Sony right now. Sony's in a in a very interesting position where they have enough content overall for streaming services. This is that they can have everybody play against each other and still come out well without having to have their own streaming service. Yeah. Uh, Well, Caleb, that'll take us to next week. And next week on the show, we will be reviewing the Sandman season one with my mom. My mom. My mom. I will have to fucking walk her through the whole thing. I'll have to hold her hand. Just be like, come on, Linda. You got to get through this. It's only eight hours. Just just get over it. You'll you'll you should you should like this enough. Uh, and on the back half of that, nothing, uh, because my mom's attention span will barely get us through the Sandman in the first place. Yeah. So, so how would you feel then since uh, we bumped it from the schedule, just doing day shift mono a mono with that since we've both already watched Sandman? Yeah, I'll just have to watch it when I get home on uh, Sunday. OK, which is fine. Yeah, we can do that. Fuck it. Day shift to this. Hooray. I've done it. He 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 did it. He got he got it in, boys. I activated it. All right. Uh well you can find the show at Netflix and Swill.com if you want to stop shop for all things Netflix and Swill and Friends. Check out Netflix and Swill. Uh it's us. Check out Two Piece on a Podcast. That's Gerald. Uh Caleb was on it last week to talk about top five uh, Hollywood comebacks. I'm on it this week talking about top five Stranger Things characters. Uh, Do I yell at Gerald for having Steve Harrington too low? Yes, I do. Uh, Check out Rabbit Ears TV podcast. They just did an episode on Ozark with Ashley and Gerald. Stacking Triggers, the Magic the Gathering podcast. uh, We're doing an episode this week about uh, the same random shit we do every week. Yeah, just making stuff up. Just making it up. Yes, but NetflixandSwill.com is your one-stop shop for all things Netflix and Swill and Friends. Uh, please check us out there and subscribe on all your podcatchers to all those podcasts because we want your downloads. All right. Thank you to Space Wilder for the use of our theme song, Bitter. And until next week, this is Caleb saying we'll see you next Tuesday, Linda.
Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.